0: You've probably heard people say like it's 80% nutrition, 20% training or 90-10. No, it's 100% commitment to nutrition. It's a 100% commitment to feeling stronger and fitter and being healthier. And it's a 100% commitment to building habits and a healthy relationship with both of those things mentally so that you can continue doing them for life. This is James Schramko. James Schramko
1: here. Welcome back to my podcast. This is episode 1014. Today we're chatting with Zach Mason. Hello, Zach. Good to see you. Likewise. Good morning. You're in your uh, white t-shirt representing the good guys. I'm here in my black t-shirt. We've got a nice little contrast happening.
0: Yeah. Soon to be uh, muscle fit and slim fit t-shirt.
1: That's right. So uh, we're going to talk about that actually. I'm titling this episode business owner body tune-up. I like it. And I could be talking about anybody who's listening to this podcast because a vast majority of the population are not in great shape, especially entrepreneurs who spend a lot of time hunched up on computers or traveling. It can really wear and tear your body as I've found out. And I'm going to share the story about how you've came into my life. We've made a few changes and we're starting to see some things happen because I think those lessons could have a profound impact on anyone listening who doesn't feel like they're in absolute perfect health. What do you reckon? Yeah. Sounds good. So you're a straight to the point guy. (laughs) I met you because I have a few clients. Uh, There was a guy I was on the Maldives trip with who had told me that he'd gotten into shape working with this fellow called Zach. And then there was another gentleman on the trip who just started with you, who was in not the best shape. Let's be honest, not great shape. I'd seen him before. And the last time I'd seen him to, when I saw him arrive, I'm like, wow, you know, Something's happened here. I'm not in a body shaming sort of way, but more in a like, hey, you know, think health wise or whatever, this looks a bit scary. And uh, because I'm always looking out for my clients and I want to make sure that their business is going to be okay. And I have this fundamental belief that if the business owner is not okay, then that can actually extrapolate across to the business. So I'm always looking for my clients to be in good shape, to be healthy, because if they disappear, things can happen, especially in micro businesses where a lot of the business is still. Largely dependent on the founder, especially for strategy, sometimes for performance of actual work or expertise. So, anyway, I've got two people now who have referenced you. And then I start seeing you popping up on socials. You're friends with a lot of my friends, like Will Wang and others. And they keep saying, Hey, this guy, Zach. And uh, eventually, you made your way into my community. And you also found yourself up here on a little surf trip, which was great to actually meet the man in person uh, finally. Yep. Of course, you've booked yourself onto the Maldives trip, so I was keen to get to know you more anyway. And as part of you coming on board my community, I had a look through your slides that you were presenting at business conferences because your target market is busy business executives. It's mostly men, right? Who have basically got themselves out of shape and want to fix it.
0: Yep. Yeah, that's bang on. So I found that that particular, I guess you could say, niche or just segment of the market. Often they were in great shape in the teens in their 20s. It's just a butterfly effect of the business, getting married, having kids, the compound effect. So I'm sure you're familiar with that. Well, that's exactly me.
1: Yep. You know, in my teens and 20s, I was ripped like 21, 22, 23. I was going to the gym four days a week. I had muscles. I was very lean. I was sailing two times a week. I was extremely fit, had a low pulse rate. I so buff but then of course I got married I've had five kids I spent a lot of time in a dealership we worked seven days a week for a long time I I built my business after hours till three in the morning I I was sleep deprived for a good couple of years and I let myself go let's face it now of course 10 years ago or almost 10 years ago I took up surfing I started to get my health back a bit and then of course we had the pandemic and I think I carry a lot of stress of my clients as well (laughs) you know, and I've done 13 years of one-to-one calls with people who are, you know, in pressure situation. So here we are, we're walking through the national park together, talking about the upcoming trip to the Maldives. And you just gently popped out, hey, you know, if you start now, you could get in pretty good shape by the Maldives. And that was kind of the seed planted. And then I had a look at your slides as part of what I do to help you. And you damn, those slides, when I went through them, I'm like, I'm learning stuff here and I can actually implement this stuff. And since then, I've started implementing the things that you talk about and it's already created a massive difference. And I can tell because I'm pretty tuned in, firstly, I'm tuned into my own body and what it's telling me, but I'm also aware in my history of where there's been fulcrum points that are going to have a profound effect for the rest of my life. But I can tell you up until now, I've never been aware of some of the things you talked about. And it has made a profound impact. And some of these things maybe people know about, maybe they don't. But if you don't know about these things, and we talk about it today, then it's going to have an impact if you want to try it out. So firstly, let's just point out, Zach's not a doctor, and I'm not a doctor. So nothing we talk about in this episode is medical advice. I'm just sharing my own story and the reflections that I've had as Zach has showed me some things. And I'm sure Zach's information is... Of a general nature that you should still check with your own doctor or whatever. And if, especially if you're taking medications and things, you know, go and seek professional guidance before you change anything uh, because I don't want to harm anybody. But uh, I don't know if I've missed anything there, Zach, but it's probably important just to put that one out there.
0: Yes. Yeah. I think these days it's too easy for anyone to hop online and say, take this, take that, buy this supplement, do this protocol. Yet, Everyone I speak to, I say, when's the last time you had a blood test? And they go, mm, uh, uh, which means they don't know. <laughs> so <laughs> please, please, just get a regular blood test. That's like your dashboard in the car when the lights start popping up. Well, the, the physical version for us is blood test. So start there, make sure you're not deficient in anything. Then you can start to add. It's always easier to, to add things to the body and nutrition, but it can be difficult to take them away, especially if problems develop. So yeah, just check with your doctor first
1: you know just on that I think that the profound difference that I've experienced since we've started working together is everything up until now was a restriction you can't do this or you're not allowed to do that or you and it's not sustainable I think the way you approach things is super sustainable which I like and it's been very easy for me to sustain it since we started but it's also having a tremendous impact I'm actually lowering my biometric age I can see it on the chart yeah I saw that yeah I think What's it drop to now? Dropped down today by a year. So Beautiful. In short, in just a couple of, I don't know, two weeks, I've already reduced my biometric age, which technically means perhaps I could live an extra year. I don't know. But it's going to continue to change because I'm on, I'm on a good trajectory now. But you weren't always the fit buff for a guy in a white tight T-shirt, were well, you, Zach? You know, you, no. you used to work long hours and as hard as it is to believe, you had a, a pretty uh, unfit, unhealthy look about you a few years back.
0: Yeah, I would fall into the like skinny fat category. like my legs weren't big, my arms weren't big, but I carried a lot of fat around my butt, belly, chest, and in my face as well. And that was just a result of just not knowing what to do, not knowing what worked. and then like most professionals, working too much, relying on takeaway food, And as you would know, you get into those environments, the majority of um, stressed out people who are working a job love to drink. They get a drink, I get a drink. We go out and get KFC this day, kebabs that day, beers at the pub on that day. And that this became too easy until I realized I was on that trajectory of being the 30 or 40 year old with the overused dad bod. And I never really wanted to be that version of myself. So I kind of dropped the hammer and said, well, let's commit to the gym and see what happens.
1: And of course, going to the gym isn't enough, is it? I've talked about this on previous episodes where when I joined a gym briefly a couple of years back, the instructor that was walking me around the equipment, he had a very minimal idea about nutrition and food and diet. Like I I knew more than he did, which is scary, really. (laughs) Yeah. Like I would say I have a good base understanding of good foods and bad foods, but what's really brought it in is a significant change in one area, which I'm sure we'll cover, and then a deeper awareness of the next layer of things like the macro nutrients, etc. So you actually went on a journey, you ended up becoming a really super buff gym bod uh, contestant type. And uh, I'm sure during that process, you had to go and eke out the best possible information you could. And where did you find it?
0: So in a way, I guess it happened organically. So I had a a buddy who was an ex-bodybuilder and he kind of took me under his wing a bit like you know a Rocky and Mickey scenario he was telling me what to do teaching me how to train telling me what to eat and I was like kid in a candy store I'm like wow this is amazing get to train with a bodybuilder he got me ready and prepped for my first competition Uh, even though I didn't want to do it he just kept pushing me into it because you know something good would come from it and uh, after I stopped training with him I actually hired a professional coach who had got several people like their professional status in the uh the league and worked with thousands of people all over the world for specific competition and uh he kind of told me everything he knew worked with him for over a year straight and um he had to completely change the game from a nutritional point of view training recovery and yeah just kind of told me everything i needed to know about those areas
1: and i think you ended up going from being a gym instructor to taking your program internationally. And you, you're you helping these people virtually now, like you've been helping me.
0: Yeah, yeah, correct. So yeah, it's a funny story. So when I finished bodybuilding, I wanted to get into the industry because I felt like this is something I want to do. A bit like a surfer who then wants to open like a surf shop will be a surf coach. It's kind of how it felt. And uh, long story short, I got a job in the gym and I didn't want to be a PT at that point. But when I saw what the PTs were doing, I was like, is that what they're doing? Like I could do a lot more than that. I could probably add a lot more value considering competitions and nutrition and all that so that gave me the confidence to have have a go at it and got qualified six months later I went full-time PT only because of the advice I got and if I remember correctly it may have been from Chris Dufay so I was looking for an online fit pro coach to help me uh, start a program and sell it online but I had no qualifications and I wasn't a PT yet and I got a piece of advice that said look go work in the gym earn your stripes, get results, perfect your method before you take it online. And I didn't know any better, so I said, sure, I'll do that. And it turned out that that was the best path for me. And then in 2018, I officially took the method online once I proved it wasn't just working on me, it was working on other people as well. What do you call the method? Metabolic Recon method. Right. And where can people find out about this? Pretty much on my Facebook or LinkedIn. So just my name, ZAC, Zach, Mason. I mean, I put everything, you know, about my result of clients, my processes, me, all on there, like way more than you would get on a website. So just check in.
1: I love your posts. Uh, your LinkedIn's great. I've learned a lot there, like the tests where people who eat a lot more protein past a certain point, there's no real benefit after a certain point, et cetera. Yep. Or it doesn't matter whether you eat early or late, etc. For people, it can be different. Correct. So I appreciate all the, the research-backed stuff you've been posting. When I think of you, I think of there's three main categories, right? It comes down to nutrition, which clearly is a massive one. Yep. Workouts, like a, the exercise component. And then there's the mindset part. Would you say they're the sort of three main elements that are going to make the difference for the people?
0: Yeah, correct. And I don't like to put too much importance on just one of them. You've probably heard people say like it's 80% nutrition, 20% training or 90-10 or no, it's it's a 100% commitment to nutrition. It's a 100% commitment to feeling stronger and fitter and being healthier. And it's 100% commitment to building habits and a healthy relationship with both of those things mentally so that you can continue doing them for life. So that's how I look at it. Well,
1: let's talk about nutrition first, sure. um, given they're of, um, all important. Yes. Yep. <laughs> this made a huge difference for me because like most people, I've found my way into doing things like keto, I've, I've tried low carb, I've tried fasting, so lots of different things. And I can get results or right? I can drop weight, but then of course you end up putting it back on if you're not careful or you can't sustain it, which is pretty much all things, especially if you travel, yep. especially if you're in other countries, especially if you've got kids or things that make it more difficult or, or also, and very importantly, your partner. If you don't want to have a meal, but they're ready for a meal, that can be quite awkward. So the big change for me is you sort of made me aware of calories and calorie budgeting. And I always thought this was something they do at Weight Watchers or Jenny Craig. Apparently one of those has gone out of business recently. Yeah, Jenny Craig, yeah. Yeah, so in in Australia, one of them's gone out of business. But I always thought that calorie counting sounded like hard work. It was difficult. I basically resisted it because I didn't want to do the work for it and I didn't really understand how important it is. But in short, and I'll let you explain this in a better way, basically if you work out how much energy you're using in a day and how much your body needs and then you can work out the amount of calories that you can consume to maintain that, that's kind of your number. And if you lower that, then you end up with a deficit and you'll start dropping weight. And if you increase it, then you end up with a surplus and you start gaining weight. Is that sort of a really
0: layman's terms of the energy budget? Yeah, you, you basically summed it up correctly. And okay, I have a habit of getting way too technical with this kind of stuff. So <laughs>
1: Yeah, well, don't worry. I'll, I'll untechnical it for you because <laughs> this is what's blown my mind is you put me onto an app. Yeah. And I resisted the app because, oh, another thing to download. I don't want to download it. It seemed like I'm going to have to, you know, I'm going to have to work everything out. This is going to be laborious. But it was actually the complete opposite. Once I got it, I was hooked. I mean, it took care of my, um, you know, your natural addiction to gamification, et cetera. This thing has a barcode scanner, or you can take a photograph of stuff. The barcode scanner is amazing because it actually already is preloaded and you can just click on it if you consume something. So you set your budget, you put in your weight and your your age and height and all of that and what you want it to be. And you can also even set your macros. If you do want to do keto or you do want to do fasting, it actually caters for all of that. And you can check your carbs, fat, and protein. And basically, as you eat, you just add whatever you eat and you don't go over budget. And the next day, this is the best thing about it. The next day, you start from zero. Like you've got a whole budget again. It's like this never ending bank account that keeps filling up.
0: Yeah, it's a good way to look at it.
1: Yeah, you got, like in my case, I got about two and a half thousand calories again. It's like, yeah. (laughs) And here's the thing I've never been hungry using this. It has drastically improved my awareness of food. I've got way better understanding of what foods have fat or protein or carbs. It's Once you've eaten something, it's already in the register, so you just click on it again. You can even have it repeat them if you want it to go that scheduled. And also, if you're making stuff at home, you can build meals. So you put all the things you've got in the meal into it, and that's a meal, and you just click once, boom. And if you ever have that meal again, just click on it again. So the big outcome for me, this is the simplest way I could say it, I was overeating and being aware of my budget has allowed me to stay under budget and the weight is just falling off. It literally just falling off. We, we're 10 pounds down in a week from just doing nothing except not stuffing my face with as many calories as before. Eating exactly the same stuff yep. but less of it.
0: And like you said, you're not hungry. Like you've been saying like, do I have to hit the budget because I don't actually feel like it? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm,
1: I can easily come under budget. Yep. You know, it's, it's like, and especially once your stomach starts shrinking after the first few days, it's just super easy. I think I could keep this up for the rest of my life because I haven't missed any meals. I'm actually eating more often and I'm eating more variety of food than I was before. Cause I don't, I'm not just trying to do keto or I'm not eating nothing until lunchtime. Right. Yep. So the more extreme you go, the harder it is to sustain, I suspect. So What really opened my eyes, when I was looking through your slides, it it shows the different calories of different kinds of foods. Like Um, a black coffee is just a couple of calories. Yep. A croissant or a packet of chips. (laughs) I mean, obviously they're not great foods for you to eat. I I already don't eat gluten. I know you don't eat gluten. So it makes it a lot easier with baked goods and stuff. Yeah. This rules out a whole bunch of calories that we don't need. But those, you know, those Starbucks things they have with the whipped cream and the sugars, like that was never going to be a good option anyway, right? But under this regime, you could still have it if you really wanted to,
0: right? Because you budget. Correct, yeah. Look, I had an ice cream last night, but I budgeted for it. I looked at it and I said, well, it's 964 kilojoules. So we divide that by four, it's about 240 calories. And I didn't have a protein shake yesterday. And uh, I just ran out of time. And I said, well, I'm going to reallocate that protein shake calories to my panna coconut, gluten-free, <laughs> dairy-free. Oh, it's, I want one right now. They're so nice. I had one of those after dinner and it just fit perfectly in the budget. So I woke up this morning, same weight, feeling fine. No issues with my gut because I didn't eat gluten. I didn't eat dairy. And I'm not saying everyone should not eat gluten and dairy. I have an intolerance. So you've got to be aware of these things, which is why at the start, we said, check with your doctor, get blood tests. Rule out all the things that cause problems, and then get rid of them, and you'll instantly feel better by default.
1: That's it. Well, I know my I know the foods that upset me. Definitely, gluten's one of them. Yeah, you're onto it. Yeah, and, but I love dairy. You know, like one thing that's changed for me is just having a glass, well, not quite a full glass, full like 200 millilitres of kefir. I don't know how you pronounce it properly. Right. I look. There's five definitions yeah. if you look it on Google, but kefir. No. It's like that, <laughs> yeah. that Russian probiotic super juice, like it's got 250 billion strands of good bacteria, right? Yep. It just destroys colds and all sorts of things. I, I love that. The gut is so important. But anyway, I've, I've just noticed my body's running clean. I already eat pretty clean food anyway, but I was eating too much of it. And of course, I wasn't creating a deficit. So I was just starting to slowly put it on. There are other elements, of course, but one thing is once you get the calorie counter and you start adding it, it's just so easy and you can then synchronize it to other things. What you did is you encouraged me to get some scales that have some biometrics like the body fat and it works out how old you should be and all of that sort of stuff, uh, your biometric age. But that can talk to the app. So now when you stand on the scales, it just synchronizes and it charts your weight. So that's very easy. I like the low friction aspect of that. Once a day, keeping tabs on stuff. But you give other practical advice, like have a tighter t-shirt, don't get loose clothing. Like I'm going to have to change this t-shirt now. It's almost redundant after a week of, um, I'm going to have to donate my shirts and go for the next type of t shirt down because um, rather than just buy bigger clothing to compensate for getting bigger, won't it be better to j- just keep trim and, and fit and live a little longer and, mm. and feel amazing?
0: Yeah, it's, it's, you get the extra bonus of not just wearing a shirt that complements your physique, but the early warning signs. So as soon as this shirt feels tight, I know mm, I've probably gone a bit over this week. I need to just shave a few things off. And then within a few days, everything's feeling good again. So in
1: short, the first point is if you're aware of your budget, you can basically eat all the time and whatever you want as long as you stay on the budget. And now you can throw out all the can't do this, you're not allowed that, etc. If you don't want to do that, you don't have to, which for me is like, oh, thank goodness. Yep. Because you know, my wife was like, oh, well, if you're on a diet now, how are we going to eat? Tea? I'm like, hey, no, it's not actually. I'm going to eat all the meals. And I'm going to eat the same things I've always eaten. I'm just not going to stuff my face until my body's telling me it can't fit any more in, right? Yeah, exactly. It sounds silly, but, yeah. you know, if you don't get good sleep or you get stressed out or whatever, you're not going to eat properly and um, it all goes to crap. But if you track it, it's easy. Briefly, one question I had around that is I'd heard somewhere that there's, like, different values for calories, like thermogenic properties or whatever. Like, is someone going to say, oh, but a calorie is different for a carrot versus whipped cream or is a calorie a
0: calorie a calorie is a calorie just for like a kilo is a kilo a pound a pound a millimeter is a millimeter it's a, it's a unit of measurement so to say that a calorie is different is like saying well i went down to bp and they gave me a liter of fuel but the liter of fuel that the shell was different no no it was a liter how the car uses that fuel can be different right so uh, to give you an example if you eat a uh, steak that's gonna take the body a little bit longer and it may consume more energy to digest the steak versus like a, a can, like a chocolate bar that's because of the way it's digested so proteins will demand more energy to be digested sugars and fats demand less energy to be digested however it's such a, a small amount almost inconsequential like to your overall metabolism but it does help like if you can get an extra 5% calorie burn added to your total metabolic burn for the day then that's a bonus and also the benefits of eating more protein you'll be more full it's going to help you recover from your workouts and maintain the muscle mass that you have whereas a lot of people in general specifically business owners who don't have a lot of time to think about nutrition and prepare meals are not eating anywhere close to the optimal protein range gotcha
1: and just within that, you can make choices. So, for example, if you still wanted to have an alcoholic drink, you're out with friends and you don't want to be that guy on the, the diet or whatever, yep. you can still have a drink, but maybe you choose one that has less energy.
0: Yep, exactly. And I think this is another thing that it's a bit of, like, bit of a myth. Like people think alcohol calories are different, they're not. A glass of wine is going to have about 140 odd calories, and depending on what beer. Like if you have an IPA, it might be 220 versus a low carb, say pure blonde might have 80. So it can vary quite a lot, but yes, you can still enjoy, uh, the odd drink without blowing your budget. Yeah. Yeah. And again, it's
1: like, I've found it so easy Just take anything. Like I've got a can of sparkling water here. If it has a barcode, scan it, it's already in there, Yep. hit one serve, boom. And then it's, it remembers it forever. So I found it really, really easy. Some things have got a lot more energy than what I thought and some things have like a high fat content or even some of the things like potatoes or whatever, sweet potatoes can have quite a lot of protein. You know, like sometimes you don't realize how much or some things might have a lot of salt. But I like that second screen that has the macros because then you can balance out and make sure you're not eating all of one type of food and, and it takes care of all that secondary stuff. And I'm sure there's a third and fourth and fifth layer I'm not there yet, but I don't care because it's already working for me. Uh, I feel amazing. So that's the food side of it. Let's talk about um, exercise, right? Should we go for the big ones? Like we hear about cardio and then we hear about weightlifting. You're a fitness pro. You've seen different executives go for this. And it's probably not practical for everyone to have a fully equipped gym. Are we still able to keep up the muscle content of our body?
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So the way to look at training is you're placing a stimulus, a resistance on your muscle so that it has to get stronger. So if you haven't trained at all and you start adding a stimulus, like just lifting a little bit of weight, that's going to be a new stimulus. Your body's going to be forced to get stronger. You don't need 250 machines and a thousand kilos worth of weight plates to do that. And Actually, even during COVID, when the gyms were shut down for like six months at a time, I only had two dumbbells. And you might remember everything was sold out. So any possible way of getting equipment was impossible. But throughout that time, I probably only like, I would have been training consistently for a long time, right? But I only probably lost 5% of my peak strength. Just using two dumbbells at home, didn't have a bench. And I was pretty much using the floor as my bench. So my point is you can do a lot at home with just two dumbbells and even a resistance band, but you have to keep it simple.
1: Nice. Well, I like that I can still surf and I can just add in some extra exercise if, if there aren't waves or whatever. Yeah. Now, you made me go and do a DEXA scan. Can you just talk about that? Because I can't figure out why that isn't done by every single person every single year. Like, why is this been such a secret to the world because it just seems absolutely mind-blowing what it does and how low the radiation is and how cheap it is.
0: Yeah, exactly, like all the reasons you just said is why we should do one. However, what I've noticed is feedback from clients is that some people will go to get one and they might, they might ask their doctor like, oh, I wanna get a DEXA scan, the doctor will say to them, no, you don't need one of those. That's for people with osteoporosis, you don't need that. That's criminal, that is outrageous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this thing I got. This I got my scans
1: here. Like it, it takes a picture of your yep. mus of your skeleton. It takes a picture of your fat and your muscles, and it tells you everything you need to know about your fat content, your muscle content, your bone density. Yeah, that would help if you feel like you might be at risk of injury. Yep. It also picks up like your bad fat. You know what that visceral fat? If you're visceral. very yeah. likely to have a heart attack or whatever else. So it was interesting for mine where. They said "I'm in no danger of that dangerous type of fat. It's like, apparently you can be fairly fit but a bit chubby, yep. is what I've sort of concluded from this. So I've got yep. good, dense bones, but I'm carrying a reasonable amount of muscle, but also have a lot of fat. A, lot of a ton of fat on this body, even though people are surprised they don't look that fat. I'm just hiding it everywhere, I think. <laughs> so well, you're, you're quite tall, like I'm people tall people it spreads out. You know, yeah. I've got good muscles around my chest and arms and, and legs. It's just everywhere. There's like, there was something like 27 kilos of fat. I'm like, okay, a good portion of that can go and I'm just going to get healthier and lighter and it's going to be better on my bones. And that's what we're working towards. And we've already lost, well, we're getting close to five kilos of that gone, disappeared from just a week or two ago with no effort, like zero effort, changing nothing except eating less. Yeah, a couple of minutes a day of, like, pressing buttons, you know. Which I'm actually enjoying. I Like, I would miss it now if I don't have it. And I've done my Aura Ring fit out, so that's coming. And When that arrives, that's going to be a game changer because yeah. that will actually accurately log my treks. Ordered my new one as well. <laughs> right. Did I encourage you to change fingers, did I?
0: Well, uh, um, the missus knew I, I wanted the new version, so she got this for my birthday. And I'm going to get a small size so I don't have to use a rubber band out in the surf, so...
1: Nice. Well, you know, and, and Zach, you're 30 years old as we record this. That's, uh, you're in pretty good shape at, at 30. Thank you. I'm a lot older than you. I'm, I'm literally decades older than you. Uh, but I plan on, on getting back to that, uh, where I was in my 30s. I'm sure I can do it. Yeah. yeah. Actually, I looked at some pictures. I mean, my th- late 20s when I was running the dealership and uh, having all these kids, I don't look that healthy in these pictures. So I want to be a better version of myself. I think that's an important message. It wouldn't really matter how old you are listening to this. There's
0: still hope for you. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. I literally just posted before this call a video of a guy named Joe Stockinger, who's ninety. Yep, and lifting 184 kilos, which is 405 pounds, at ninety. Wow, that's a lot of weight. That's that's like three times my body weight, and uh, he's doing that at 90 years old. I mean, most people are 90 aren't alive but if they are alive they're being pushed around nursed around they're on one of those stair lift things yeah just shows what's possible yeah
1: totally i want to be i want to be alive in my 90s but i want to be super fit and healthy so the dexa scan yep it really struck me zach that the the best thing about what you do it's so incredible is you can actually prove the results from what you're doing it's a hundred percent provable there is absolutely no debate no argument. When the next time I go and do a DEXA scan and compare it to this one, there will be a result. Yep. And it will be 100% provable that there has been a change. Like All the metrics will, will change here or there. Why do you think people
0: aren't getting them? The well, first one is that it's not aware of it. The uh, second one is doctors aren't helpful. They don't believe in alternative things and, and scans that they haven't done and they're not experts in body composition and nutrition and muscle mass, unless you find a doctor who does specialize in those things.
1: I just can't understand why that's not the most basic thing of all.
0: Yeah. I mean, look, I'm doing my best to get all my clients to do them. And you've got one. Every,
1: but <laughs> and I am too. Yeah. Like if you haven't heard of a DEXA scan, look it up. The guy said that it's about the equivalent of three days worth of radiation from the sun. It's much less than an x-ray. Well, you know how I know it's not that dangerous because the person, the practitioner and the doctor in the room is right next to you the whole time. Like normally they run and hide behind lead, right? Yeah, close the door. When you (laughs) do an MRI or something, they're like, get the hell out of here. Like the lights are flashing. You know, okay, this is some bad stuff. But when they're standing right next to you the whole time and they're doing it every single day, you go, okay, well, this can't be... And it's really, you know what I thought? I felt like I'd been picked up and put in um, Gulliver's Travels and, uh, or Jack and the Beanstalk and I've just been popped on a photocopier machine. I felt like Jack being photocopied by a giant yeah. and it only
0: takes like seven minutes. It's super, super easy. Yeah, it's super quick. It's cheap. I mean, anyone who's not prepared to invest a hundred bucks to get a snapshot of their physical body in real time, is just choosing not to be healthy long term that way.
1: That's it. I, like, I think that would be the, one of the biggest takeaways from this episode. If you haven't done a DEXA scan, it'll blow your mind. It gives you a starting point. For me, it's very motivating. I actually imagine paddling my surfboard with 10 kilograms less or what's that, 22 pounds less yep. chub, but all the same muscle. I'm just going to be a better surfer and I'm excited by that.
0: And you can possibly drop a few liters off your board to get a little bit more radical if you want.
1: I've got some boards there with less leaders that I can't surf at the moment because I used to be lighter yep. when I first started surfing and I was walking every day in Manly. I basically was I was lighter than I am now, but you know, over having another baby, let's face it, anyone who's got kids understands this. For a while there, it destroys your sleep. Yep. It reprioritizes everything around this small human who needs complete, you know, and. and You've got that to look forward to maybe, Zach, but it's, <laughs> you know, I want to say as someone who's had kids, who does has a, sort of a high-level strategic advisor to businesses where I'm really having to get absorb a lot of people's pressure, I'm able to conquer this now with just a few simple things. The app, the scales, the DEXA scan. they set me up. They're the train tracks that allow me to roll along. And the fact that I can eat anything I want, anytime I want, is also a massive bonus as long as I don't go over budget. And the thing is, Zach's actually hooked his app into my app. So he's keeping an eye on me and he can see that I'm not blowing out my budget and that I am actually charting good progress. And I actually like that peace of mind having some accountability. For me, that's exactly what I'm providing the people I coach is a watchful eye, a constant companion in the journey, because doing it yourself, you end up off track sometimes and it's kind of like if no one sees you off track or whatever, you might just end up staying there. I like the little questions and the probes. How are you going with your exercise? I'm keeping an eye on your weight. It's looking positive. You should be this by then. And it looks like you're hitting all your macros. Do you want to change this or that? And it's it's amazing. It's really good to have that. And I appreciate it. So anyway, big public. Thank you. No it's making a big difference to me. No, th- thanks for trusting the process, you know. So what about people who are traveling? Is it possible to
0: still do your exercise and maintain this? Absolutely. And the story you mentioned at the start of this podcast about, you know, one of your clients and his results, he was overseas and he dropped that first 15 or 16, if I remember correctly, overseas, traveling almost every week, eating out at restaurants, training at whatever gym was convenient. So it's just about being able to plan ahead, but when you have these systems You can plan ahead when you know how much you're going to budget for dinner. Then it's, it becomes easy, right? But there's a difference between calorie tracking and calorie planning. Now that you're using the app, you're able to plan ahead and you know, it's top of mind. Okay. This is what I'm going to eat. I'm not going to blow it out. And then you're not trying to pick up the pieces afterwards and then be like, oh, wow. I just ate 2000 calories and had no idea. Like you, now you do have an idea before you eat it and you're already having that like self accountability. So it's the same principles and it's just about planning ahead. Like very simple stuff like Google, what hotel am I staying at? What's the gym look like? Does it have dumbbells?
1: What's the uh, restaurant menu?
0: Yeah, the menus, um, even surrounding (laughs) like restaurants near Noosa, boom, pops up. Well, I'm traveling this
1: week and I already know what I'm going to have for dinner one of those nights and I know that um, that day I probably won't eat too much and I'm going to enjoy a really good steak and some potato but I'll definitely stay under budget yeah and a little trick plus I'll pack a little protein bar which I know the macros of to have a preemptive strike you know to knock the edge off the hunger if it comes which it's not coming anymore like that's why I've messaged you before saying do I actually have to do I have to hit my budget because I'm not going to get there unless I go and stuff some food in my face because I'm not hungry
0: yeah and I don't believe in force feeding yourself like if your body's saying i don't want food that's your body telling you what it doesn't need and needs so that's one thing i love about this process is, is like you said it brings awareness that's one of the biggest things you said before is by doing the tracking you're now at it's top of mind You're becoming self aware now when the body is giving you signals you're recognizing it and you can make the decisions that are going to be healthier decisions or less healthy decisions so
1: to so sort of wandering into the mindset part here.
0: Let's go a little deeper.
1: Just already we've covered the fact that it doesn't matter how old you are. You don't have to be that motivated to, to do this as long as you get some benchmarks and you look at those benchmarks and you could either say, you know, I'm happy to be carrying this much fat or this little muscle or these frail bones, or I want to make a change. And you know, even when you hop on those scales, it tells you, you put in your actual age and it'll tell you what your metabolic age. I can tell you, if that metabolic age is older than your actual chronological age, that's pretty motivating. There's your motivation. The number one thing. Yeah. I want to get my metabolic age less than my chronological age. That's, that, that's a very important benchmark for me because it's like having insurance. I've got a young family still, so I want to be around for a long time and, and look after them. So that's a good motivator. I also want to surf better. Did I mention that? <laughs> I think already did. Let's talk about a couple of other mindset things, maybe about habits or minimum effective doses, et cetera.
0: Yeah. The minimum effective dose is really the philosophy behind everything because the way I see it is if you can get the result you want doing minimal workouts that don't chew up your time, that don't chew up your mental bandwidth, that don't suck all your energy and rob that precious time that you have for family or that where you want to allocate your your energy in, in your business there's a lot of my clients their priority is not working out it's not getting jacked that's like not last on the list but it's it's behind quite a few other priorities and i'm not the guy to say no, no This needs to be number one priority because like no that's not how it works however the minimum effective dose is basically getting that like all the juice out of the squeeze it's it's getting the maximum results from three workouts a week. It's eating the food you would normally eat just in a way that puts you into a a metabolic deficit. So you're not putting on more body fat. You're just slowly shaving it off over time. And that's kind of the high level philosophy behind it, if that makes sense.
1: Well, I've heard you actually forbid clients from working out too much.
0: Yes, so three workouts a week is the limit, unless you can prove to me over many months that you deserve a fourth workout. There's just no need to do it, and the reason behind that is because one, it's complicates scheduling. So if you're trying to do four or five workouts a week, and then all of a sudden you have got to fly to Sydney for a client meeting, or you've got a conference, or your manager's just called in sick, and now you got you know all these things pop up, you miss that fourth workout. Now you're going to do five next week? Come on.
1: So you're beating yourself up unnecessarily.
0: Yeah, and then you miss a workout or instantly you feel bad. It takes the wind out of your sails. And then if you miss a second day, it, it just starts this compound effect of like a negative spiral. And then that's when the stress hits if something might happen. And the next immediate thing to reach for is the food or the, the sweets or the the alcohol. So the way I look at it is if, hey, we can, we can just, get you the body shape P1 in three workouts a week between 25 to 40 minutes, are you happy with that? Like, why do you need to train five days a week to look like this? If you can look like this in three days a week, it just doesn't make sense to me. It's kind of like uh, this old philosophy here. <laughs> uh, yes. Work out less, make more gains.
1: <laughs> that is, there's a 64-4, isn't it? I'm, I'm definitely, yeah. it, like I said to you, you, you asked me the other day how the exercise is going and I said- I haven't started the exercises because, firstly, I've been surfing every day. The surf's been good. But also, I've just been concentrating on getting the food right. Yep. And the food is making a huge difference. But I have started doing the exercises now. I've set up my workspace for the exercises and I've got the equipment. I sent you off everything that I've got and you sent me back a plan that works with the stuff I've already got. So you're not making me go and get strange things that I don't need or, or want or that aren't going to work. And I was able to start. So. That's been a a good innovation and it should continue sort of to phase two. Normally at this point, I'd summarize the episode, but I'm going to see if I can lean on you a little bit, Zach. This is your part where you can put a nice summary for someone who's listened all this way into this episode. They're interested in the fact that I'm getting a result. I'm not an affiliate. This is not a promotion. This is just genuine heartfelt gratitude for having Zach appear in my life and make these suggestions that are really working for me. And I wanted to share it to my audience, which is the the great joy of having a podcast is you can have these discussions and little light bulbs go on out there. What message do you have for our listener? Mm, It's a good question because we've we've covered so much great stuff. Then just summarize the 64.4. Like if you can take just three things away from this, what would be your top three
0: things? The first thing is keep it as simple as possible and start with what you have so you're a great example you started with nutrition you just got the nutrition right first and you have got to systemize and it's great now now you're moving on to minimum efficient workouts you're not saying all right next monday i'm gonna cut this i'm gonna have salad for lunch all right no more desserts uh wifey throw out all of this and i know the kids are not doing that but you're not overhauling and stressing everyone out so start really simple with what you have now and feed that that motivation, momentum of just little baby steps forward. Second thing is, if you want to get results long-term, you've got to keep this top of mind. So plug in some data, learn how to plan calories, not just track them. Get the DEXA scan, get the snapshot of your body, how it looks right now, because you can't ignore what it says, right? It says you're 28% body fat. That's what you are. Yep. You're overweight. You can't deny that. You can't hide it. <laughs> and then, like you said, the metabolic age will give you that kick up the ass that you need to say, Well, I'm going to fix this. And the third thing is that anyone can do all this by themselves. All the information's out there. I've learned all this from other people, from Google, from YouTube. But if you want to compress three to five years into like six months or a year max, that's when you need to hire someone. Now, whether you hire me or anyone else, it doesn't matter. But by hiring a coach or a mentor, you're going to speed up your results. You're going to be more accountable, and you're going to shortcut the like pain and suffering of having to learn yourself and then bash yourself up later, being like, "Oh, I wish I did this ten years ago." Like you could literally do it now and <laughs> just save all that headache. So that would be my my summary.
1: I don't know when you came up here, but it can't have been that long ago. Just a couple of
0: weeks, three weeks. Yeah, maybe like three. It was the last weekend of April when the surf was pumping. Can't forget that. Yeah, so it's basically
1: about three weeks coming on to four and I've gone from absolute zero to feeling way better, losing a stack of pounds, plenty of kilos and seeing, you know, the future laying out in front of me is looking really positive because it's
0: very, very consistent and I'm not in a race. There's one key thing that changed for me. When I gave you that insight when we were walking along uh, the beach, I said, you can achieve this by then. At that point, I think we said, was it like 95 kilos thereabouts? Mm Mm-hmm. Yep.
1: Yeah. And just for context, from 103 to 95 was what we were talking about. I already got to 98.2 or something like in just 10 days.
0: Yep. Yeah. So less water weight, less information, less food weight from eating, all the stuff you don't need. There was one key change that happened after you got the DEXA. And I kind of wanted to say it, but you said it, you beat me to it. And then you said, no, no, the goal needs to be this. The goal was too soft. It was
1: like, oh well, my God, you know, Like I've got almost 30 kilograms of fat. Like there's Easily we can get rid of half of that. Right? Like yep. If I got half of that, I'd be a good fat percentage and it would be very healthy and I'd be in a much better state. So it was, it was clear to me that the goalposts need to change. But I have no doubt that we'll get there. It's just time. Yep. Time unfolding, doing the same things I'm doing now. We will get there. So this could be continued. i hold myself accountable to a future episode. I've still got in the Maldives in mind. So we've got June, July, August. We've got three or four months. I feel like there'll be significant change. Maybe people will notice that I change uh, over the progressive podcast, maybe a little bit skinnier in the face or whatever. If people say, what have you done? What's the difference? And I've already had one person say, uh, it, was a, it, was a, it was another busy entrepreneur, just like the one you helped. I made him a loom video. He goes, what what have you done to yourself? You look fantastic. I just have two words for you, bro. Zach Mason. That's it. Cool. Thank you. Now, if you want to chat to Zach Mason, uh, look him up on LinkedIn or Facebook. He's at Zach Mason, Z-A-C Mason. If you want to email with Zach, then just flick me an email, reply to any of the emails from the podcast. Ask for an intro to Zach. I'll just forward it to him and uh, have a chat to him. If you want to know all about the apps and the different equipment that he recommended or whatever, he's the guy to ask about that. That's not my field, but I'm very happy with what's been going on. I appreciate it. And uh, let's hope we get a lot of good surfs together in the future, Zach.
0: No doubt we will, 100%. All
1: right. So that's episode uh, 1014. I've been chatting with Zach Mason. We've been talking about getting that business owner body into better shape. It's way, way easier than you might have thought it was. This is James Schramko.